0: Apostrophe, I T W I T H T A N N Y and J E N N Y god every time i hear it i hear just another nuance. it's like listening to dark side of the moon you know it's yeah. just like just, you hear different things thank you eli Braden, for yes, that
1: thank you all. yeah it's beautiful um, every it's like listening to whitney houston sing the national anthem
0: oh yeah i didn't care for that uh, but uh <laughs> uh the uh yeah no it's, it's it's quite amazing it's always hard to live up to that theme song but i, I think we're gonna do it this week
1: i think we are too yeah. i got us a great guest
0: you did you nailed this one
1: i really did
0: some of them have been real stinkers. I mean, we've time. had
1: some garbage, absolutely. <laughs> but you know, you know how I've been watching all the Marvel movies?
0: I do. It's all you talk about.
1: I know, I'm obsessed with it. So to have an agent of SHIELD. I mean I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. Come on. And also, you know, he's done other things.
2: <laughs> We're gonna talk about
1: that. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. But I mean, come on. Everyone, it is Clark Gregg. Great Give Clark Gregg
2: thank you thank you for having me big fan thank you for having us oh
1: no one ever says that thank you for that no but
2: well, it's the met- pod. you're both well known to me partly because i think we have some friends in common bill Rubel is a very good friend yes of mine. i know he
0: talks about you all the time to the point where we it's almost a drinking game
2: oh no <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and also i don't know if you'll remember this because it was several years back but your wife i met your wife and you um in person at victor fresco's uh, um uh fourth of july party
2: that's right
0: at, at one point so we had met there and i was always like you were
2: she has changed her name to my ex-wife oh i oh, mine too by the way <laughs> i so, know i know well, i heard way, about, the heard about I brought, that the, the wife i brought is you my ex-wife to depart yeah that's why i'm out. that's why i have no emmys behind me i'm going with the story that she took them Oh, she took any line. research will prove that that's not true. <laughs> I,
0: yeah, my ex and I are actually we are much closer now than we were in our last years of marriage. It's very bananas. Super
2: so. So same. Yeah, it, it's really? it, it's like <laughs> want to get along. There's just a legal procedure you need to do. Yeah,
0: and it, it, and we just are doing. Yeah, it's it's really fun. But you guys are all. I was really like both of you were really, I've uh, I, I had three kids and I have twin daughters and we hadn't diagnosed her yet, although we thought, but one of my twins was on the spectrum and a little bit like, a, a, a little bit like kind of spacey and some people don't warm up, didn't warm up to her right away. Um, and both of you guys were like really kind to my daughter. So it was like, I I, I think about um, when you come up or your ex comes up, I, I have nothing but fond thoughts for you. So
2: that's good. Thank yeah. You. yeah. No, Thanks no, for not being really no, no. Glad to be here yeah
1: yeah well okay so let's just start with where are you from how'd you get started acting when did you start let's give you give me your origin story your villain origin story um
2: uh, my dad is a minister and a professor from the houston area oh really Uh, yes and uh and he was uh, a chaplain at a boarding school in Newport Rhode Island when i was little and born and in various grad schools but i moved a lot of places um Rhode Island Boston Philly Chicago and then i settled in North Carolina for most of high school and um so i kind of call that home and then i moved to new york when i was 19 and
0: uh did you always want to act i mean was that something was did you a love no, have, uh, no.
2: No, I mean, I I always wanted attention. Um, <laughs> that was clear, That's been made very clear to me. And um, <laughs> <laughs> me Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> that's you exactly have so much in common. I didn't care. You know, I was less picky about you know how that might come.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I moved to New York in '82 because I was in a little school in Ohio, uh, getting in too much trouble. Where I'd gone to play soccer, essentially, and I had broken my thumb. I was a goalie, and right. I auditioned for a play. Wow! And I, got, I got in it, and um, and the director, this English woman, said you should, you know, <laughs> you should go to New York. And so I dropped out, and I went to New York. But I mostly went to New York because I kind of wanted to go see the bands that I was hearing, the Talking Heads, the fellow Gang of Four, the you know. I, it's so funny, yeah,
0: because I was, there, you know, I was in New York. I graduated in high school in '82. I grew up in Jersey, outside of there, and like. I saw all of those bands there. And I, I remember getting a fake ID and going to CBGBs. So um, yeah, you know, I think we had similar experiences probably. Exactly.
2: And that's why I went there. And after a year of working as a guard at the Guggenheim Museum and starting, oh, Wait, wait you were a guard
1: and, at the Guggenheim?
2: I was. I was. <laughs> amazing. And I learned a lot about art, but I also learned a lot about standing up for a lot of hours and getting bored. Yeah. Um, and, uh, at a, and then uh, I, at a certain point I, was, I said, you know, I, I did those two plays. Maybe I, I had been told that if I could, if you could get past the audition to get into Tisch at NYU, they would overlook perhaps what had happened in Ohio. <laughs> many, many <laughs> spectrums. And that's what happened. And I ended up uh, at NYU. That's oh, amazing wow. at the Tisch School. Mm-hmm. Oh, that. And, and I was a confused. Confused, skillless actor at the at first in this circle in the square, very eclectic program, and I was confused. And then a pal of mine who had been in my punk band in Ohio, uh, the famous Squares, the Pride of Sandusky Valley, (laughs) Mary McCann. She had gone on a summer workshop with uh, a young playwright named David Mamet and a And his young uh, actor friend, uh, William H. Macy, and she came back said, these guys, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have their they're very balls out. You'll, pardon me, I, I forgot to ask if I'm allowed to say balls out. Yeah, of, yeah you uh, can say fuck and whatever you want to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I ended up in a very cool class with some terrific actors and some friends and we formed a company and, uh, and really just were kind of a Quasi-Marxist collective, wow, and crossing intimacy boundaries with each other in Chicago, Vermont, and New York for about ten years. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Do
0: you do do you go, going back to your dad? I I I always view like preachers as um the, you know there the, i i there's a there's a there's a line between being a good preacher I think and being a good stand up or being a performer. There's a there's a performer element, so it's not there's a showbiz element to it. Did you find that? You, you were drawing on at least like getting in front of people and commanding. Oh, yeah. I was wondering if that, if you've ever made that connection.
2: Yeah. My dad doesn't, he gives a mean sermon and they they would get some laughs and he had a real ability that way. It didn't, I mean, so much of everything else I was interested in and doing in New York seemed the polar opposite. It of took course. me a while I think he went on to become the dean of the chapel at Stanford University oh, wow. and I was back there years later watching him give a sermon and I went okay okay I see where there's a connection here
0: Yeah I mean it's a, it's a it's a pretty straight line from a sermon to like the um coffee is for closers monologue, you know, and going back to that, but it's like, it's, it, it, they all feel, it feels of a piece. So, so uh, what was the big break? I mean, what was the thing where it's like, I can make a living at this.
2: You know, I, I'm, uh, I feel like it's still coming, I'm, yeah, I you know, I, but I, that company, I mean, the, the fun thing, our mutual friend, the terrific um, Bill, Bill TV comedy writer, Bill Rubel, he was a member and uh yeah. Uh, someone who was involved at Lincoln Center Theater, our theater company, they they foolishly made me the artistic director at a certain point. <laughs> it just meant I was the one who was going to get the most abuse at the company meetings. Oh, sure. And um, but at a certain point, people said, "You've this sucks. You suck at this. We're not doing any plays. You moved us from Chicago back to New York. We can't afford to do anything. We never get to act." And uh i had a chip on my shoulder it's, it's still there and <laughs> i so i said okay fine we're gonna go to vermont we're gonna do eight plays in eight weeks and one of the plays was this wonderful play by another terrific tv writer named howard quarter um and a wonderful playwright and i got him and another great writer craig lucas i said they had these plays that hadn't been people had been circling but no one had put up Yeah, and I said, i'm up to me New- let us do it in vermont yeah let us do it in Montpelier, Vermont. We'll wow. fly you up on what we then called People's Express. And, yes. uh, and if you like it, maybe you can, you know, man up and let us do it in New York. And uh, both of those, Macy directed the, this play, Boy's Life, and I was in it. And wow. he gave us permission to do it in New York. And we did not have enough money to pull that off. And the the, the bills were coming due and we were about to lose the theater. And then uh, Gregory Mosier was running Lincoln Center Theater. They lost a show. Wow! In rehearsals, because the writer and the director were no longer speaking, and um, um, and they, I got this call saying, this hilarious call saying, "We're in a bind." I saw that production in in Vermont. Can we move your Atlantic Theater Company, no name theater company, production here into the Mitzi Newhouse at Lincoln Center? <laughs> when I realized it was not a prank call, um, yeah. That's what turned us all equity. Got a bunch of us, you know, representat- representation. Wow. And it's 38 years later. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
0: I mean, I know it's 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 those those series of little accidents in the beginning. I mean, it's you know there is obviously a lot of luck that goes into it, but you know it's just when you get your chance, be good. <laughs> you know. So, at, uh,
1: at what uh, point did you then move from theater to? Selling out.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> selling out yeah,
2: selling again. That's still going on. I'm still looking for the opportunities, yeah. Please, the post-COVID sellout-it's all I want. Can I, I set up extra hard before the strike? Um, <laughs> I uh, I started, you know, there was I started coming out to the exotic land of Hollywood, but I think the first time I came here, I was 30. Oh, yeah, wow. And uh, I had some friends, I didn't know my way around. I had a Thomas guide. The kids will know that that's like GPS in a very large, bulky folder. <laughs> and um, But I would go back and forth, yeah. um, you know, in desperation. And uh, and uh, I guess that was the, I had done, I'd done a, uh, the original production of A Few Good Men on Broadway. Uh-huh. And at the end of that, I did that for a year and a half. That was the, what now is known as the Kevin Bacon part. <laughs> and uh, at the end of that time, I had enough money to go spend some months there. And it was a kind of gradual thing uh, back and forth. One of the times when I was most not getting auditions and lonely in Venice, I I nursed a, a long-held, ter- terrified attempt to try to write something. And I started writing some screenplays. And, and one of them nearly got made. Um, One of them nearly got made and I had a meeting with some actresses before that company went belly up. They were gonna let me direct it. And one of the actresses I met with was Jennifer Grey. We both were dating other people, but I think, I don't know, two, three game parties later, we ended up (laughs) together as a result of that. But they sent that script around as a writing sample and through again, great luck. Uh, some Nina Jacobson, the amazing wow. producer, yeah. said, "Look, I'm never going to make this weird movie you wrote, but it's a <laughs> it's a decent writing sample." And we have this ghost movie that's not really we're we're at a loss with what to do with it. And I was about to drive across country after directing a play of mammoths, and by Nebraska, I had an idea about what I might do with this thing. And for some, I just got so lucky. And Robert Zemeckis walked in and said, I kind of want to make a kind of a Hitchcocky ghost movie. And I had just turned in the first draft and they handed that to him. And he's a mensch, and He was like, I want to do this. And I, I want you to be the one to rewrite it. He didn't fire me and bring in his team. He, wow. he was patient and taught me a lot, a lot, a lot of things and kept me around. And, and then I was a screenwriter for a while. You want to tell what that movie was? That movie was called What Lies Beneath. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nearly with Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer. No, we all know. That movie never cool. got made. It's still in development. So <laughs> it wouldn't be a satisfying end of that story.
1: You're, you're still rewriting it. Like, you'll it's, get there.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I, I have two movies I've sold them that will never see the, air, and, <laughs> the light of day. So I've never had one produced. So I feel you.
1: Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm a good failed pilot writer. I sell them like crazy.
0: Do you remember like the first <laughs> the first thing like like were you first like on uh uh was your first appearance on either the big or the little screen? What were those things? Were they? Did yeah. you do the commercial? Um, yeah, was?
2: yeah. Uh after that play, was it after a few? Uh I think it was after no, it was before. After Boy's Life, there was a, a casting director. Um who took a you know took an interest, I guess, and she put me in the deep ensemble of this this guy Roland Jaffe, had just made the Killing Fields, right? And yeah. the mission, amazing director, and he made this movie called Fat Man and Little Boy uh, about the bomb, Atomic Bomb with Paul Newman. Yep, I remember. He it. Had a small part as Paul Newman's attaché, but suddenly I was in you heard a Paul Newman movie. Yeah, you in- <laughs> yeah, I was in insane. Mexico with John Cusack and John McGinley and. Paul Newman and Bonnie Bedelia and having this amazing adventure uh, with all these actors in Mexico. Wow. Was that
0: a pinch me moment for you? I mean, or were you like, had you been working long enough that you were just like,
2: let's do the work or. I, was, I didn't know what I was doing. I was really kind of scared a lot. They'd all done a lot of movies and I kind of wasn't Did, even. Were sure.
1: you able to like, enjoy the moment? Cause like, I feel sometimes I don't enjoy the moment. Like I'm just looking to the next thing or I'm like.
2: Yes. I mean. <laughs> one of those moments that I think of and I cringe so much is there was a really busy walk and talk through a hospital as maybe John Cusack had been um, nuked by accident. And I remember I just was so afraid I was going to screw up the timing and someone would yell at me that I got (laughs) through the traffic and said the line in the right place. And I got to the end and I was like, yes, so happy over doing the most mundane thing. And I looked and like two or three of the really cool actors were looking at me like, oh, my God. Oh God! <laughs> it is blocking, and he went yes. I was just a theater guy who was confused.
0: <laughs> that's that's really amazing and very relatable. I think yeah. <laughs> it's like that—that that kind of like unbridled you joy. You still run. break out in a little embarrassment sweat. Yeah, you know? uh, I, I, I well, thank you for sharing that crazy moment <laughs> with us.
1: So, what was what has been your favorite thing that you've done? What's your favorite role?
2: No, that's a hard. I question. mean, it's.
1: Or some of your favorite roles. You don't have to narrow it down to
2: one. No, I'm sorry. I should really have a good answer for that. The amount of fun. I mean, I was really, I get the call I got to play. I, I loved comic books when I was a kid. so, And I saw them putting together this incredible cast yeah. for Iron Man. And I was like, God, I can't wait to see that. And then they said, well, they've got John. This, I knew John a little bit from Temple. And um, he was in the <laughs> neighborhood, Favreau. And he, they said, he's got a little part. I don't think he has a name, it's like, you know, four or five lines. And I was like, oh, look at this cast. I'm just going to get cut out. And I'm going to have that thing that had already happened a couple of times where people were like, I saw the movie. What are like, you? <laughs> I didn't think I could take another one of those. It's so humiliating. Um, awesome. But I loved it so much. Much and and I signed up and then they just kept adding stuff and there was a really I mean I got the great good fortune of acting with Robert Downey, who yeah. kind of just turns everything he makes everybody better around him. Yeah, and started riffing a little bit and I'm gonna riff a little back. I mean until they fire me right. and pretty soon he had more and more scenes and and then more movies and then I was dead and then I was not so dead and all of a sudden it was kind of ten years of geeking out. And, and um, to be a part of that,
0: and that was something because it, 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 it was it was a next question for me in that world. You were a fan of this kind of material growing
2: up, like you would. Get- I thought I was a real big fan until I met the real big fans. Yeah, until you went to college, I had some things I dug, but I definitely moved into sci-fi and stuff at a certain point in high school.
0: Yeah. That's what that was. That was where I lived, was in sci fi more than the comic books. But, uh, what, how, what, what have the experiences with the fans been? I mean, I know yeah. like not just the, not people who watch Marvel movies and watch Marvel TV shows, but the people who are like, you know, uh, this is not canon or do you have you had yeah. those moments with people?
2: I mean, it's funny you say that there's a lot of those moments going on right now. On what? Well, there's a, there was a first, when I first, when Iron Man first came out, there was a little bit, it was all early days of MCU. Yeah. Um, Marvel Cinematic Universe to anyone. and, and um, yes. But there was some anger. Like, there are S.H.I.E.L.D. agents in the comics. Who is this Coulson? He didn't exist. They had invented him, and I was like, I'm going to get my, I'm going to get, shut up. <laughs> gonna get me killed off. And I, I don't. I joined Twitter because my ex was on Dancing with the Stars, and yes. I wanted to help her win. And i <laughs> And now I was on there seeing all these people who wanted to get me killed off. And then they put out a comic and I was in that, which was doubly fantastic because A, I wanted to die. B, they yeah. made me handsome. So triply. And also <laughs> C, kind of ensured in, some longevity. Yeah.
0: I'm canon, motherfucker. And then I
2: got killed off. There was this I mean, they, you know, they, look, you're going to, I'd been there finally. The, I, the character had become big enough that they actually had me at Comic Con on yeah. the panel for four. And I'm sitting there backstage, and Marvel runs, runs Comic Con and does fun stuff for the fans, like nobody else. Yeah. I was back there, and Joss Whedon came in with like, "Oh my God, this cast yes, the Avengers," <laughs> and he and in, and 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 I was like a fan of Joss Whedon, and then he came over and said, "Can we introduce you? I'm gonna really, I've got really good stuff for you in the Avengers," and I almost just died on the spot, and um, and that was how I found that out. And then a little while later, I've told the story a bit, but they oh, I got a call from Kevin Feige, the wonderful head of Marvel, saying, exactly. listen, Josh wasn't kidding. You have really fun stuff to do in Avengers. And I was like, this is amazing, Kevin. I don't know how to thank you. And he said, yes, what happens to you is what brings the Avengers together. <laughs> no. No. Oh. <laughs> um, but I was so flattered that they thought anyone would care because Colson had been this kind of snarky bureaucrat to a certain extent with some secrets and um and so i was thrilled when people cared that he seemed seemed upset that he died and um and then i went back to my kind of lower profile indie film life and got a call saying we you know disney owns marvel now we think this could be an abc show and uh, and then there was the kind of uncomfortable, like, can this be an ABC show? How can it work? Does it cross with the comics and the movies? And that was its own very thrilling journey and really fun. I loved that cast. I loved doing that show. And then it ended. And um, how many seasons? Yeah, it was five seasons of twenty-two. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. <laughs> it was intense. It was intense. It a lot of bad injuries. For people, the stunts and everything, and doing yeah, a you movie know,
0: every week I now,
2: mean, you know, and like trying to live up to the expectations. But you know, the showrunners Jed Whedon and Marissa Tenture and Whedon, they trying to at a certain point really wisely kind of took the parts of Marvel that no one else was using much, yeah, and um and made it their own. But um now there's a thing where you know, it's, as you probably know, there's this whole Disney Plus Marvel universe, and Agents of Shield has been on Disney Plus. It might still be, but there's a real hot debate. Is yeah. Agents of Shield canon? Is Colson alive in this? Is he dead here? Do they know? And I find it all just really touching that people want to argue about.
0: <laughs> well, it was funny. I'll just say this as a fan, because I do remember, you know, you know, you kind of you had a, you had a, you had a the, kind of a small part in Ironman. Man, but you felt like you st- you could feel the slow build of your character throughout these movies. Like, you could feel it. You could feel like, oh, now he's getting, you know, there's another line of, you know, and you're, you're they he would humanize you. And, and like, so your death was, it was earned. It was like, and, and I think the advantage of having like a universe is that you can build on these, like, you can really earn your moments. And I
2: think that, yeah. That's well put. I feel very fortunate because Kevin and Marvel was very nimble. Ludius yeah. was nimble they were very nimble. They, they recognized and the filmmakers, they used Kenneth Branagh and Joss and John Favreau. Yeah. They recognized that there was something this character was doing, which was in a world of superheroes and super agents. This guy was a little bit more us. Yeah. So when he was yeah. killed, all of a sudden there was all these people around the world weirdly like Hashtag Colson lives, and that's why there was a TV show. So this was the original question. I was I was very lucky to be. I was them. I was their avatar, and that was really a thrill, and still is a thrill. So people have a real kind of ownership of that character that I love.
0: I love it also. Like Like, it was uh, one last thing. I'll let you go, Jen, because I'm just geeking out right now. But um, (laughs) I'm so sorry. But um, no, I I love like superheroes need that. Those, those movies do need a person we can be i feel like i feel like the appeal what reminded me of you like i felt like your your character could as easily could be lifted and be in the boys on um on you know that which is like which it, it has that same kind of like you have that attitude of it is a show i love by the way me too um, and me too. and
2: it just it, it, yeah. it you were human and so i just i really it, it's not it, easy he, to do he that. gets a Tony Stark fulfills this to a certain extent, but he's also Iron Man. Someone has to be going, teasing people a little bit, like, okay, Thor, settle down. You exactly. Know? Like yeah. someone has to
0: roll their eyes at them occasionally.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Sorry, Jenny, go. Like
1: I I'm- felt having watched like having watched all those movies just back to back, I always felt like your character was someone who was also you were there for all the superheroes. Like you were an advocate, like you were so, so supportive yet you had depth to you. And I feel like a lot of the fans, because believe me, when I started live tweeting, I really got just a snippet of what you must feel like from Marvel fans. What, you know, like I tweet something during a live tweet and people are like, no, you don't understand. If you read episode, you know, whatever. But like your character was someone that was always there for them. It was always on their side. And I feel like that's the reason there was so much love. That's really smart. I I with that.
2: I, I mean, thank you. I, I I it was a chain letter that really brilliant writers and filmmakers kept adding to. Yeah. The script and I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's funny. He's gonna tase Tony Stark, um, <laughs> Justin Thoreau. He's gonna tase Tony Stark and uh, watch Super Nanny while he drools into the carpet. I'm like, I I'm loving this guy more and more. And then Joss came in and Joss picked up on the thing, which is oh, he's a huge fanboy. Snark aside, he's got playing cards, you yeah. know, like, and that's, was part of the pitch. You know, when he said, so maybe you're not dead. I was like, well, tell me, cause I don't want to mess with anything cool that we did. And he said, Oh no, he thinks he had a close call, but he was brought back from the underworld using fiendish technology that has left him permanently scarred. And I went, okay, if it's Orpheus, I'm in.
0: That's wild. You- what an interesting thing to say, though, about that chain letter, because it made me, I think what I think what is separated, at least for me, the Marvel Cinematic Universe from the Star Wars Cinematic Universe is there is an over there is a character. Like people are building on things and, yeah, they'll take things that are flights of fancy, like WandaVision isn't like anything else and things like that. But but it is consistent in the way like that. I I, I felt I, I had. For me, I I've enjoyed the Star Wars movies, but they never. This one felt like this guy. The, this one felt like Ryan Johnson. This one felt like so it says. And and they were reluctant to sort of pull. They they seemed to wipe the slate clean, so I couldn't I couldn't attach to them as easily. I think personally. So
2: the DC or the Star Wars Star Wars stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, DC is a. There's it, a the the monumental accomplishment. Of Kevin, Ludi Esposito, Victoria Alonso, the people of Marvel, to have done this so consistently with, as Jenny you just said, such a discerning, knowledgeable fan base. Who because it's really cool. You go to a comic con, I got parents and kids passing this thing they loved onto their kids. I've wow. and of our TV show, which was very diverse. All of a sudden, I've got a bunch of Asian Latina young women coming to look at the heroes that they're doing and they've been really pushing in that direction to the to the anger of some people on twitter may they go fuck off yeah uh, right <laughs> and i think what they th- that nimbleness is really i mean it's stories you can't be too reverent about them it's just the right amount of reverent but i have to say as a big time star wars fan i mean i was there opening days as, as a 14 year old and i watched it twice in a row Me too I've loved seeing Boba Fett get a show. I love my friend Ming to see her, oh. those shows, um, The Mandalorian. But nothing prepared me for Andor. Andor is, uh, it's, I, I feel exactly the same way. It- because that's what you're waiting for. You've got this mythological template. Now break it down. Because yeah. here's one that doesn't have lightsabers, I don't think it's yeah. very little to force. This is the people dealing with a fascist exactly state, just in case anyone thinks that's pertinent at all. It, it was it, it it existed,
0: I don't know. It was it's it's honestly the most human um uh of all of the Star Wars properties that I've seen. All I very, very moving. It was well written in a way that like you could have placed those characters with that struggle in a period drama in uh, you know 1940s or or a feudal drama you know in
2: you know it, it, it all worked it, it great points that's a great point it could have been in vichy france yes exactly and, and
0: and and those and yeah it was just it was it i was so shocked and moved by it um, and just just brilliantly executed and written. Um, I feel yes. the same way. Um, yeah, so that's so what why. What
1: do I'm you have? Good. What do you have up next,
2: Clark Greg? Um, thank you for asking. Um, I yeah. I had a busy a busy last year and a half, and things are just going to start to come out. So I did a really wonderful um, Netflix show. Uh, a couple of them. One is a series that comes out in I'm hearing April called Florida Man by this terrific writer Don Todd and it's Edgar Ramirez and Abby Lee and Emery Cohen, just wonderful actors. Um, um, My friend Michael Costigan and Jason Bateman, their company Aggregate produced on Netflix. It's a kind of a noir comedy set in the kind of psychosis of Florida. Anthony LaPaglia, wonderful wow. Oh, wow really great really great i just uh just watched the first episode and i'm kind of thrilled for people to see it i did a, I did a great a,
0: name also florida man it's just like it, it you, yeah. you get it right away so it's like I, it's fantastic yeah,
2: and funny noir out of sight it's my favorite yeah. kiss, kiss, bang, bang it's just yeah. in that world which i love so much yeah. um uh, i also did a a, a thing that's I don't think I've told anyone I did this A really cool limited series called painkiller from this wonderful producer, Eric Newman and the director, Pete Berg. And it's from this novel empire of pain, uh, not in a novel, uh, a nonfiction book about the Sackler family. Oh, wow. It's about the, it's about the rise and fall of that family. Yeah. Um, with a bunch of other storylines, um, Matthew Broderick is in it. I play his uncle, the Arthur Sackler, the guy who started the whole thing, wow. and, oh, wow. and it jumps back and forth into a couple of different timelines. And it's a really out there, wild, lyrical attempt, um, kind of Shakespearean to me, but in a really funny, pulpy way, at this family losing their mind.
0: Yeah, and, it, and the, you, the, the, you the know compromises in the. I mean, the shit, it's really, it's, I, I'm I'm in on that. I've been following all of that stuff. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a really- going to be on Netflix as well? That's on Netflix. The, okay. I'm not sure when, but like very different than the brilliant Dope Sick. Yeah. The book I read and was fascinated by, and Michael Keaton was amazing in. This is a very different way into that world. Because it's a, I don't think you can tell this story enough because it's so, it's such an interesting take on the way kind of greed warps, morals and late yeah. stage capitalism and mass murder yes yeah. that's, yeah.
0: uh, well, and
2: sexy that's... and fun you're gonna love it
0: yeah <laughs> <no>, i <it's> super <laughs> sexy and fun oh well yeah. we'll, look, we'll look forward to those two things that that that, that sounds great um shan should we move to our the you know the our our, our uh our, our viewing yeah we usually uh talk about the things we're watching that we're not a part of and are jealous of usually and um um trying to think what i but you go first i'll, I'll try to remember
1: you want me to go first
0: no i want clark i, I don't you guys to go
2: first
1: well i'll go i mean obviously i've been watching like a new movie every day that's an old movie oh, yes but i've been live training, yes which has been incredibly enjoyable but i'll say of the new like the new things i just watched tar have you all seen that? Yes.
0: No. Is it great?
1: Hey, she's fantastic in it. Like I thought it was her performance was absolutely brilliant. I Wakanda forever. Just watch that. But that made it. me so sad. <laughs> that was such an emotional movie. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I figured it would be. But literally, cool. I was just in tears through the whole movie. It was but it was really well done. It was like super beautiful film. And as far as the series goes, I still I'm I'm into poker face right now with Natasha Leone.
2: Oh, I gotta see that.
1: Have you seen that one yet, Clark?
2: I yes, those two writers, uh, the head of the showrunners, um Nora and Lila Zuckerman were two of the main writers on Shield. Really? And I love them. They're terrific. And I just watched two episodes with my daughter and I love, love it. Great. Like yeah. oh my gosh, here's a novel idea a new case every week, like I grew up with. Of course, yeah, they it's dream. like,
1: yeah, every city she goes to, it's like, oh my God, so there's gonna be a murder. But this <laughs> this fifth episode that just uh, came out had uh, Judith Light oh. and um, uh, S. Epatha, I always forget how to say her oh, name. Yeah, but, yeah I, <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, it's Rita from pee Playhouse. And then my sister was like, she was on Law & Order forever, Jenny, fucking moron. Like, <laughs> grow up but um fantastic like it's it's really highly entertaining so I oh, definitely recommend that
0: okay I'll check it out. what
2: about what you
1: got Clark? Danny
2: No I want to hear what Clark has to say and I'll finish well, he talked about Andor I fanboyed out almost till I exploded um,
1: <laughs> watch this.
2: I loved severance like nobody's business oh man I really loved severance just so blown away by that cast and what Ben Stiller did there. powering and, uh, achievement. Really, just in, it got weirder and deeper, and it just pulled me deeper and deeper in. um My problem is, I'm like, you'll say something, and I'm like, oh my god, that's my favorite show. But I, <laughs> um, I I've been liking Poker Face. um yes. What else? Say some more, and I'll tell you. Oh, well, well, when love, when that's I love. Yeah,
1: I haven't watched yet, but I want to. Is Shrinking? I haven't.
0: You haven't watched I haven't that yet. yet. I haven't seen it yet either. I have got so many friends on it. I need to watch it. So. Yeah, I definitely I want to check that one out. Um, I, I'll go with one that is such a weird show. It's funny though, it made me laugh. But she's a it, you. It's a I don't believe anybody stop watching it. It's a, on Netflix right now. It's called Kunk on Earth. It, it's oh, this, I
2: just saw that on the in the thing. It's this British woman
0: who is aggressively stupid and arrogant interviewing the great mom, like taking us through like the history of the earth. And she interviews some of the great minds in each field, but is she pretty much Borat's them. I think some of them are in on the joke, but it's just her, her take on it. Like she's she, 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 talking to like an American historian about like, I forgot what she, I forgot the lead into it, but she was talking about um uh how, so like America's beef with the British was like you know the way they you know they were you know they they didn't want to pay taxes and then they ran away and it's like do you, and she like posted is like, do you think that's and do you think that the the natural cowardice we see in Americans today is from that? like like she's constantly <laughs> insulting things she's she, talking to an astronomer just absolutely like convinced that the moon uh landing wasn't real or the moon itself isn't real. She equates everything to her ex-boyfriend. And then for some reason, in every single episode, manages to segue into uh, Pump Up the Jam by the Belgian group. She's like, it's like the, in the history, and plays almost the entire video of Pump Up the Jam with things going on. So it's very bizarre. And 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 some of it is very cringy, but she's very funny. So I've been watching that.
2: Yeah, that goes right to the top of my queue. Yeah. I did see Tar. I did Tar. That director was one of the other actors in the Roland Jaffe movie in Mexico. Tati, really? Many, many years ago. Oh, really? Ago. I, thought it was, I thought it was brilliant.
1: It I was like watching it. It her character just take it.
2: Yeah, she's not, I mean, I'm confused by many parts of it, but I just, the filmmaking was spectacular. I couldn't, I can't stop thinking about it. I also saw, I've seen a bunch of the movies. I thought, um, I laughed harder than anybody else in the theater when I went to see Triangle of Sadness. Oh my god!
1: Well, I haven't seen that one
2: yet. Oh, I, 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 there are some.
0: There's parts of that movie. That, first of all, the opening of that movie is yes. is the the bit. Well, first of all, the bit about the modeling, the bit about the check and about picking up the check was. I, I thought that was some of the most brilliantly written. It's such a tragedy that woman died. Um, uh, yeah. But um, uh, but uh, yeah, I agree with you. All also, quiet on oh, the Western
2: front. Quiet on Western front is spectacularly beautiful and one of the hardest things I've ever watched. But just Which one? All quiet on the Western Front, the German. Oh, is it good? Oh, it's magnificent. Oh, I want to see that. Oh are Yeah. Yeah, it's so brutal. It's a brutal anti-war one, <laughs> but just gorgeous.
0: There are there are a lot of fun movies about World War One in particular. It's, it's no, a, and
2: I mean I love I love it should be I love it, but it gets to be this time of year, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, I have the bandwidth to take on all the sadness. I know,
0: so it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Well, Clark, man, thank you. It's such a it's such a pleasure to talk to you. I mean, likewise, and, likewise, have so many friends in common, and you, you know, everybody speaks. You have a very good reputation in this town. I'll just say, people like you.
2: Give me yeah. another six months. I'm tearing it all down.
0: Oh, I can't. Yeah, now
1: burn it yeah, down. Burn yeah, it to burn the
0: ground. Now's your chance to say something racist if you feel like it right now. Yeah, we always like to give our guests a chance.
2: I feel like I don't need to take that on because yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's so much competition. From yeah,
0: you <laughs> Yeah, it's true. You're getting you're, you're lost. So, like, no impact.
1: But we have two, you got two Netflix things coming out soon. T- TBD. So we'll look date. out for those. We'll look out Danny? for those and
0: we'll link them when they come out. Thank you.
1: Yes. Daniel, what do you have?
0: God, I have nothing right now.
1: Well, me. aren't you going to D.C.? Oh, I'm going to
0: D.C. To, oh, to to feature for the great Jenny Johnson. What
1: are those dates again, Jenny? Uh, that would be April 6th through the 8th at the okay. D.C. Improv. Get I will tickets. be just we'll back that. from
0: New Zealand.
1: I will be just back from Sydney.
0: Oh, my God, look at us.
1: Look at us. We're international. Um, we
2: mud from Down
0: Under. Yeah, I know. A lot is separately. Well, um, yeah. Well, thank you, Clark, for everything. Thanks for having me.
2: Really pleasure to talk to you guys.
0: And uh, um, we're going to say goodbye, but you're going to stick around because we're going to take a quick picture. But thank you, Doing It Nation, for sticking with us all these years.
1: Yes. Thank you. Love y'all. Tune in next week.
0: And eventually, we'll figure out how to end this show definitively.
1: Yeah, we've yet to. I mean, how many years have we been? we play this? the
2: song again. It's a really good song. Yeah, I mean, another <laughs> we need
0: a closing song. That's what I will do. It. Okay. You, you just heard. <laughs> <us agree. laughs> Actually, that's
1: what we should do. Is ask you a really sad
0: version of it, like the sad. Ver- <laughs> you know. Anyway, thanks again. Thank you.
1: All right.